All right, guys, welcome back to the Share Chair Podcast. I'm here today with Axel Kukowski. Welcome, Axel. So today we are here with Axel to talk about how they are a part of the LGBTQ community, right? Mm -hmm. And just kind of your experience with all of that and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So I'm just going to ask you to like maybe start off with like maybe your like when you first started like having thoughts about like transitioning and everything like that. So yeah. Or actually maybe do you want to like tell everyone a little bit about like your identification and everything like that? Yeah. Uh, So I identify as a trans man. I was born as a female at birth. (laughs) Um, You made a face. How does that feel to say? (laughs) I feel like that was kind of redundant by saying I was born a female at birth. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe a little, but I mean, also the clarification with this podcast is good, so. Yeah. So, what are your pronouns? I use he, him pronouns. Okay. All right. So, welcome, Axel, to the podcast. How are you feeling about being here? Are you, like, unsettled at all? Um... I've never done any kind of, like, podcast before. Have you ever been interviewed before? I have not. Oh, wow. So this is, like, a completely new experience. It is. About kind of a sensitive subject, definitely. Mm -hmm. So how are you feeling, like, coming into this? Like, are you scared at all to share your opinions? Are you... Not really scared. I hope that people can learn something that maybe they didn't know about trans people, and maybe destigmatize how trans people are viewed. Yeah, definitely. All right, so do you want to start off, like, with kind of going through your experience with becoming a trans person and everything like that? Just kind of from the beginning, like, when you first started having thoughts of transitioning? Mm-hmm. I went through puberty kind of early. So around, like, age nine, I started going through female puberty, and I knew right away that something was off. I have an older brother who is nine years older than me and I'd see him at the beach with like his shirt off wearing swim trunks and I would always just be so jealous that he could do that and I wasn't allowed to and I never really had any like really close girl friends. I always played with the guys. I always felt annoyed when someone referred to me as a girl And it caused a lot of problems because my mom, at first she wanted me, (laughs) I was a big tomboy and. Did she kind of want you to take a more feminine nature to things? Kind of. Um, She was never like dismissive of how I acted, but. She definitely kind of steered me away from things and be like, why don't we invite some girls to your birthday parties? Mm. Um, I guess I never never really, like, identified with how other girls were feeling. They'd share things, and I didn't feel the same about any of it, where they loved wearing dresses and skirts and... I hated it because I couldn't, like, play around with the guys anymore when I was wearing, like, a dress. Yeah, so so kind of just, like, surrounding, like, the whole 
gender idea of things like women are told to be some sort of version of what femininity looks like and then mm-hmm. men the opposite and you kind of more were like are you saying you're kind of like more leading leaning towards like more masculine ways of like dressing yourself or mm-hmm. acting or playing around yeah yeah and i a lot of people used my full first name even though i had a nickname Mm. and I would always get so upset when people use the full name because it's very feminine, and my nickname was a lot more masculine in a way. Um, And I remember, like, the first time a teacher used my full name, I was so angry and so upset with him, and I just didn't understand why I was so upset with him. I didn't understand why it hurt me so much yeah to be seen as feminine so are you saying that you kind of were like confused with Mm -hmm. the way that you were perceiving yourself like maybe even a little disoriented or Mm -hmm. feeling wrong in some sort of way because the way i saw myself was i was a guy but i was so confused as to why no one else also saw that Mm. and when i first got my hair cut short I was the first, like, person in my school to be assigned female to have short hair in, like, middle school. And I loved every second of it. (laughs) I remember just feeling so happy when I left, like, the salon. And I got to see myself in, like, car windows. And the haircut really reflected how I felt inside with having short hair. And... Then I started dressing in more baggy clothes. I would like layer tank tops to so hide like my a, chest. So like around what age was like this transition kind of like when from like having thoughts of feeling like, oh, I don't know why I'm feeling like this, but I know I'm feeling like this to kind of more transitioning like, oh, I cut my hair. I'm wearing baggier clothes. Like probably like nine to maybe like. 12-ish. So, like, right when you were, like, going through stages of puberty is kind of... Yeah. Yeah. And I remember one night I told my mom that I wasn't supposed to have a chest and that I, my body was supposed to look like a man's body, and I didn't know why it didn't. I didn't even know about trans people. I didn't know being trans was something you could do. I never saw any media. I never saw any famous people that really represented who I was. And there were so many jokes about, oh, you know, just being a girlish boy or just being a tomboy. So I figured, oh, I'm just like a really big tomboy. And Mm. I remember I was Googling things and then I saw the term transgender and that completely changed things. And at first, I was so deep in denial that, no, I can't be trans. Like, that's something scary. And, like, the media keeps portraying them as, like, horrible people who want to transition your kids and are pushing an agenda onto people. And I was like, I'm not a bad person, so I can't be trans. And I stopped being, like, a tomboy. I started wearing dresses, I started wearing skirts, I tried to grow out my hair, and I was so depressed and miserable. 
and that was probably like the lowest point of my life. I was so deep in just like hating myself and I would just wear like hoodies every day and I didn't want to be seen as anything because I knew that being seen as a girl felt wrong, but nobody would see me as a guy. Hmm. So you're, you're kind of saying like, or at least like, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but coming into like this realization that I don't feel like, like within your body, like maybe you didn't feel like yourself. Like that's mm-hmm. what I'm taking from this and that, you know, you'd never seen any media about it. You didn't have really an understanding of like what this looked like to the rest of the world. And then when you saw that, it almost felt like toxic. Mm-hmm. Is Like, do you want to dive into that a little more? All the like uh, forums that I had read online, all of the people's experiences, they were all deemed as like... Wrong or mm-hmm. negative. It's like sinful or like overly sexual and just like a really bad part of like the LGBT community. Hmm. Do you, were you, so growing up, were you surrounded by religion at all? I was not, I was raised without like any religion. Yeah. But I had a lot of like, I had a few like religious friends and stuff who never like pushed the religion on me, but were definitely like, like they'd talk about things and I felt like, oh, this is the way I have to be and I just wanted to fit in with everyone else. And like fitting in kind of looked like ignoring that maybe you wanted to be identified like as a as a male. Mm-hmm. And it was like ignoring these tendencies you had like leading to you to go into this depressive state because we already like don't know who we are. Mm-hmm. And you know, you had an extra obstacle you're still probably battling this mm-hmm. in some ways especially with the way that society is looking at it and like it makes a lot of sense why that would be so overwhelming to where you maybe you just want to act like it wasn't happening like how mm-hmm. how did you deal with that I had a lot of suicidal thoughts and I didn't think I would make it to high school I hated myself so much, and I completely isolated myself from a lot of people. I only stayed close with, like, two people. What made you choose, like, who to, like, push away and who to, like, stay friends with? Was it kind of, like, maybe the support they were giving you? Mm Mm-hmm. Because they had, like, understood what it meant and, like, what I was going through because they were also, like, lesbian and gay and they understood a bit more, but they weren't trans. And a lot of like the people I'd grown up with in elementary school, once I started just acting, because we were all, all tomboys are kind of expected to, once you reach puberty and things to move more to the feminine side. And when I didn't, uh, there was just this like gender separation of Well, the girls and the guys, they don't play together on the playground anymore. You're not supposed to have guy friends because that means you're dating. So. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. (laughs) 
I pushed away a lot of like really old friends and I kind of felt like I wasn't deserving to have people know who I was because then I worried, well, am I pushing my agenda on them? Am I becoming what the media says a trans person is? That's really difficult. So you're kind of saying that like, because you felt this way, maybe if you embodied it fully, you didn't even deserve to voice how you felt or your opinion because you thought that that would be pushing it on other people. Mm -hmm. And I just completely reverted to like, I was just so sad. And I had gotten on like antidepressants, I was going to therapy, but I didn't tell like anyone what was really going on because I felt like I couldn't Mm -hmm. I was worried how they'd see me I was worried that once they realized oh I'm not like them then they wouldn't want to be around me anymore yeah I mean and I feel like you know for the entire LGBTQ community like this can be relatable but I think it especially sticks with trans people because of that stigma because of that kind Mm -hmm. of and obviously there's a stigma around the entire community of like lesbian and bisexual and gay people but you know transitioning it for some reason like the transitioning just seems like such a sin I guess you could say Mm -hmm. and I'm in my question is not necessarily to you. I don't think mm-hmm. you're going to have an answer to this question, but it confuses me so much how it seems like it's based on sense of religion, why this is such a mm-hmm. negative thing. But then at the same time, it's like, you don't have to be religious to feel negatively, and we are not a society based on religion, mm-hmm. so they say. But, you know, I just... I can't imagine what it would be like for you to have to carry that stigma on your shoulders, Mm -hmm. even though it's up to you what your identity is and it's up to you how you want to be perceived and how you perceive yourself. And you just felt, did you feel like trapped? I I definitely felt like I was trapping myself Mm. and I had heard of support groups and I was seeing very, very few like positive things about trans people online but I felt like I wasn't deserving of that because there was no one nearby that I could relate with that I could share experiences with it just felt so like unreal that I am transgender and there are other transgender people like me who aren't bad people oh my gosh it's so loud out there it is (laughs) Okay, but, um, so you're kind of saying that you, you felt like you were trapping yourself, Mm -hmm. like you didn't even hold like the blame of you not being able to come out as who you really wanted to be Mm -hmm. on yourself because you, but I don't think that's true. And I think, you know, that that's not true either is that the society And the stigma that was surrounding your feelings led you to feel like nobody was going to accept that. Mm -hmm. And that, 
and this is just my understanding. I'm not yeah. trying to put words into your mouth at all, but. <laughs> and that is very interesting to me, like how you put that blame on yourself mm-hmm. because you didn't, maybe you didn't have anyone else to blame. Like, do you, like. I saw a lot of trans people who would get yelled at online for being like, well, you're not letting me transition. You're not giving me health care. Like even today with the banning of transgender health care. And I saw a lot of trans people blaming society and a lot of like media sources and a lot of people would be like, this is why they're bad. Look how angry they are at us. They don't want to be themselves. They want to bring other people down. And I didn't want to be like that. I I want to help people and I want to make people feel comfortable being who they are. I don't want to force anyone to be someone who they're not. But you also want to have the freedom to be who you are mm-hmm. and let people be who they are. And so, it, so what I'm gathering is like the stigma of that, like made you feel like maybe you were a bad person for wanting to transition? Mm-hmm. Wow. So you talked a little bit about, like, your mom and, like, how she at first, like, wasn't dismissive. Mm-hmm. and But she kind of maybe wanted you to embrace, like, the more feminine side of things. Mm-hmm. Do you want to, like, dig into, like, a little bit more of, like, your experience with that or friends that or, like, other experiences you had with people who didn't, really support you with my mom she was always accepting of like the community and I had come out to her as bisexual like right in fifth grade right when I was starting to question my identity but I remember one night we watched the movie Love Simon and we're sitting on the couch credits are rolling I thought it was an okay movie and she turns to me bawling her eyes out and she asks, are you transgender? And I thought I did so well at hiding that I thought I was completely concealed and I thought no one else could tell that I was dealing with gender identity stuff. And I was so scared because once I had admitted it to someone, that would make Make it it real. real. That would make it something that, well, now I have to be that person now I have to carry this Hmm. and I said no and I felt so guilty about lying to my mom and Hmm. denying who I was but because in a way you were denying yourself you know Hmm. but you felt like maybe you had to do that I was so scared that it would change her perception of me and Hmm. she wouldn't like me the same even though she's my mom I was so worried that everything would change and I didn't want things to change. I I didn't want to be different. Maybe you also craved like acceptance though. Mm-hmm. Like did you do you think that a part of you did want to come out to your mom? Yeah. And after that I had so many run-ins where I was like, I'm going to tell her. I'm going to say that I'm struggling with my gender identity and that I'm a boy. But I kept denying myself at the last second. I'd be like, Mom, I have something to tell you. 
never mind. <laughs> and I just chicken out every single time because I was so worried that it's not the right moment. And well, Christmas is coming up and I don't want this to be a huge deal right before Christmas because that's like mm. a family holiday. I don't want to bother people. Yeah, it was never the right time. It was just, I never felt like everything was at the right moment that I could come out because I didn't want to add extra stress to her. I didn't want to create problems. I didn't, yeah. you know. Mm. So now that you have transitioned, mm. do you think that, how did it feel to come out finally? Like what was the, was there a, an occasion that happened? I had been out to theater for a few years and it was the coming of our show White Christmas. So was this your freshman year? Uh, no, this was like, this was last year. Okay, so so last year you had already been out for a few years. Mm-hmm, to okay. theater. So you came out around your freshman year? Yes. Okay, and then last year is, this is around White Christmas. Mm-hmm. Okay, just setting the scene. Yeah, and we were nearing the end, we're doing dress rehearsals, tech week's coming up, we're about to perform our musical, and I was in all the guys' choruses, I was in the guys' uh, suits, and even though my mom had seen me on stage playing guy roles before, I felt like I was done hiding. I was so nervous anytime anyone called me Axel in front of someone who knew my mom or in front of my mom that I completely tried to isolate who I was at theater and who I was at home. Mm. I feel like I had to keep those worlds separate. But I'm wondering, like, why did you, did you feel like more comfortable coming out to theater? Like maybe there was people there that had come out already and it made you feel, Mm -hmm. like what was the difference there between telling your mom and then telling theater because now your mom is she knows and she's supportive mm-hmm. of you so what was that barrier at first i met an older trans guy named truce who recently graduated mm-hmm. and that was my first time seeing anyone who was transgender who was out as transgender and was like older than me just like living their life as a trans person and I was so perplexed by him and I was Mm. so confused like well he's not like anything I've seen in the media he's not a bad person he was Mm. extremely welcoming he was nice and and very well accepted like mm -hmm. I knew truce and I knew a lot of people who loved truce Mm -hmm. and I had started talking to him and I realized like he is He's who he is in theater, even though his mom wasn't super supportive all the time. But he was seen as a guy by the people in theater. He was seen as a male. We referred to him as a guy. He was part of the guys. And that gave me the confidence and that gave me the courage to, well, if Truce can do it, why can't I? And... Mm. I remember coming out on our Snapchat group chat. I was like, hey, I'm a trans guy. And the first person 
to message me was truce. And instead of being like, well, how do you know you're trans? How are you sure? Are you, you're, you're too young. You're younger than me. How do you know? He mm. asked if I was going to join the guy's traditions that we do in theater. Mm. He told me that he'd save a spot for me and that he would be there. And I really appreciated that. He didn't question me. He didn't ask, well, how do you know? He just accepted you. He just accepted me. Hmm. That's so precious. <laughs> I'm really happy that you had someone that kind of was a model for you to be able mm -hmm. to do that. I, in theater, I basically, if I want to do anything gender related, I'd ask myself, well, what is Truce doing? <laughs> is Truce hanging out with the girls? Am I allowed to hang out with the girls? Does he talk to the boys? Can I talk to the boys? Mm. And whatever Truce did, I kind of followed. <laughs> I I really cherished our friendship and I think he really contributed to who I am now with my gender identity. That's beautiful. <laughs> so like obviously now Truce has graduated. Like mm -hmm. do you feel like now since maybe you had that role model now you can kind of flourish and like maybe be someone else's role model now? Mhm. Mm we have a few more trans people in theater now. And I know I want to be that role model. I want to help them. I, I understand what it's like to be new and scared and then also dealing with your gender identity. And I want to help educate people about it. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Like, why you'd want to. Like, you were in such a hard place mm -hmm. coming into who you are now. And Truce was a big role for that. And role, he played a big role in that mm -hmm. for you. And so it makes sense to me, like, why you would want to pay that forward to other people who may be struggling or having issues with feeling like this. Mm -hmm. like, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. He made it possible for me to accept who I was, come out to everyone, and then face my mom. And it was, I had time before rehearsal. I didn't have a car, so I was waiting for her to come pick me up from work, <laughs> bring me to rehearsal. And I was just pacing back and forth in the living room, and I was like, I have to come out. There's, I can't wait until I'm like in my 30s, in my 40s, to let her see who I was. And I did what you probably shouldn't do is I sent her a text. It was this long paragraph. I exceeded the character limit. <laughs> Basically apologizing and begging uh. for her to accept me and that I was a boy and the people in theater knew me as a boy. And she responded and she understood. She kind of knew something was up. And when she came home, she had got me a gift and it was mm. a pronoun pin that said he, him. Mm. And I wore it to rehearsal and I felt finally seen. Like I didn't have a whole secret world I was living apart from her. I 
was so happy. I was just beaming. Mm. And that was like probably the happiest day of my life was I I didn't I, didn't, I wasn't scared to be Axel anymore. I wasn't scared that well, what if my mom finds out? Like, I can't do these things because then my mom's gonna find out. I can't put Axel on my shirt. I can't, I would like hide anything that had like Axel on it and I'd mm. stuff it in my bag and I'd keep it in a drawer. And I finally brought those things out and I had them in my room. And I wasn't scared that she'd find them. I wasn't scared she'd find Axel. Yeah. So did, growing up, do you think that you would say you had a good relationship with your mother? Mm-hmm. Because it seems like it was really important to you. It was. Me and her have always been close. After my dad left, she was a single mom, and she was always kind of tense with my brother. And he's like eight, nine years older than me. Mm-hmm. And when he moved out, it was just me and her. Wow. And it was rocky at first. We had a lot of arguments, and we don't always see eye to eye on a lot of stuff, but she was my main support system, and she was always there for me. She, mm. you know, she was my mom. She loved me, and she helped me feel okay with myself. Mm-hmm. And it was so important to me that I didn't lose that relationship. It was so important to me that when she saw Axel, she wouldn't just see, I'm a new person. She'd just see her kid, mm. just with a new name. Yeah, that's really powerful. I mean, you wanted so much for her acceptance and her support mm-hmm. that it was that was the hardest person for you to come mm-hmm. out to. And she had talked to me, and she was crying a few times where... She was so, she felt hurt that I didn't come out to her first. Mm. And she felt like like she was to blame for things, that mm. I didn't feel safe around her. And I want her. I wanted her to know that it's not because you were unsafe to come out to, it's because you, me coming out to you is the hardest part. Because with theater, I might not see a lot of those kids ever again. I'm sure I'll stay in touch with quite a few of them, but the graduated seniors and incoming freshmen that I'll probably never know, you know, if I come out to them, what's it matter? If someone doesn't like me, oh well, there's countless others who will, but you only get one mom, and I wanted her to like me. And, you know, I had to explain to her that things aren't your fault. Yeah. That's a complex dynamic because seeing it from her side of things, it's like she probably had a feeling that something... Mm -hmm. I mean, she asked you before if you were transgender. Mm -hmm. And so it's like she wanted so hard to be the person for you to come to. Mm -hmm. And she wanted so hard to be the one to comfort you and support you and just be your mom. Mm-hmm. And but she couldn't see that in her in like her role at that time was to just let you take your time and let mm-hmm. you navigate it yourself. 
And that's what ultimately you ended up doing. And I think it worked out really well for you. And I'm really happy that you had that Thank you. that connection with your mom. And I'm glad that she told you how she was feeling about it too. Cause mm-hmm. you know. And when it came time to tell my brother, she had messaged him and said, you know, your sibling has something to say to you. And his first reaction besides wondering if I was okay was, is he transgender? <laughs> he had basically known. And we had a really nice long talk about what gender meant to me. And mm. he didn't just ask, well, how do you know you're trans? Like, is this just like a form of acting out? Are you seeking attention? He didn't ask me that. He just was like, well, what does gender mean to you? Why, why is this important to you? And he's extremely supportive of me, and Aww. he sees me as his little brother. So you've said this a few times about he didn't ask or Truce didn't ask you why mm-hmm. or how you knew or what made this happen. And maybe, like, this is a good lesson to teach to people like our listeners that maybe will will definitely interact with someone who identifies as trans, maybe mm-hmm. don't know how to approach it. Maybe someone close to them might come out or has come out. And it's like, how do what is the best way that you think is to approach a situation like that? Don't ask them, how do you know? Because they probably don't know for certain everything. Gender is a spectrum. And a lot of times people change their labels. A lot, of by, a lot of times people, like me, they revert back to who they were. And a lot of, sometimes a lot of people, they detransition and they decide, I'm not trans. So you never want to ask, well, how do you know? Because no one knows. It's just more of like a feeling? Mm-hmm. It's like a personal understanding, kind of? How you see yourself isn't always going to be how people see you. And I understand that a lot of people, their first impression of me isn't going to be, oh, there's a guy. A lot of people still see me as a girl. And I tried for a while to really dress and act like a stereotypical guy. I hated all things feminine, and I didn't want to be seen as anything feminine because... Hmm. Then I would get asked, well, how do you know you're trans if you like this? Hmm. Until I kind of realized that not every single person is going to look at me and see a guy. So why should I deprive myself of things that I like? Yeah. Just so other people can maybe for a split second see me as a guy. Yeah. Because the people I care about, they know who I am and they see me as a guy and they refer to me as such. Yeah. And I understand that not everyone, and I don't want, I'm not asking for everyone to be like, oh yes, that's a guy. And I'm not gonna get upset when I have to correct people. I'm not gonna yell at them when I get my pronouns or my name wrong, especially if I've known them for a while. And I know some people still slip up when referring to me because they've known me as something for so long and now I've come out and told them, 
hey, I am nothing like your idea of me. Now you have to change that. And I understand that if you know someone who is currently transitioning or has recently come out and are hoping to transition, that the best thing that you can do is just say, I see you. I know who you are. You're my friend. You're my sibling. You're my kid. You're a friend. You're a classmate. You're a student. And just understand that their transitioning is going to affect you, but they're not transitioning to affect you. They're transitioning for themselves. And yeah, it's not about you. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you just say it. It's not about them. It's not about, it's not about anyone. It wasn't about your mom. It wasn't about your brother. It wasn't about theater. It wasn't about truth. It was always about you. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot to unpack here. Um, I'm already having questions <laughs> sprout everywhere. But one thing I, I do want to ask is that, um, well, now I'm going to lose it all. But uh, it's like, I think it's so interesting. You say that when you were younger, like someone would call you a name and you didn't know how you feel. Maybe you were entangled like in your own mm-hmm. persona and you would be upset. But like now it's like, you've been able to transition. It's like, it's not about them. It's not about these other people. Mm-hmm. It's not about, like, you can wear this cute pink sweater and still feel, you know, masculine and still feel with yourself mm-hmm. because it's not about what they see. It's about how you see yourself or, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it goes into, like, a whole society thing and, like, you yeah. know, of course, like, you want people to see you as masculine to a degree, but, you know, it's like, that's that's empowering for anyone to be able to look outside of that and be like, I am myself. Like I'm a woman. Like I, I don't, I can dress like a man if I wanted to, and I'd mm-hmm. still feel like a woman. And you can dress like a woman if you want to and still feel like a man and masculine. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. And that's empowering for anyone, even outside of being transgender. Mm-hmm. And that's twice as hard for, I would think like, transgender people to grasp because that's societal stigma is just so strong that you have to and i think a very common argument against trans people could be like oh well they just expect me to know what to call them and they just Mm -hmm. like they're gonna get so mad like i have to remember all these things it's like it's like no i mean yes there's going to be people who, within any situation, want you to call them by their proper name, want you to call, refer to them by their proper pronouns. Mm-hmm. But that's not, that's not about you. That's not about you getting your feelings hurt or having to walk on eggshells. Mm-hmm. Like, you should be confident enough in yourself to, you know, support other people and, you know, just be there for people. And, like, if you make a mistake... That shouldn't be your concern or your argument against trans people, Mm -hmm. at least in my opinion, that, you know, they have all these expectations because, I mean, you're saying right now you don't have that expectation and Mm -hmm. you understand that it's going to change. It's one thing if you're, if like someone was to refer to you by your legal name, like all the time when you've like referred to them, like been like, hey, like, no, don't do that. 
But mm-hmm. if you're just like, like you said, like you've known them for a long time and now like they knew you before your transition. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there's just like a lot of wrong perceptions out there of what trans people are mm-hmm. and how they react. And, you know, thinking that they are so uptight about this whole thing. And I just think it's not true because gender is a spectrum. I know someone who is, um, what is it called? It's like a gender fluid. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so sometimes they feel like a girl and sometimes they feel like a boy and sometimes they want to dress really feminine and sometimes they just want to dress in baggy clothes or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And it's like, to me, it's like gender. And you can, I want like your input on this as well. It's like gender isn't your sex. It's just like something that people made up to mm-hmm. put you in a category and to to classify you and to look at you as just to make it simpler for themselves. And if you want to make it simpler for yourself, then you do that, but don't make that trans people's problem, mm-hmm. I think. A lot of people try to bring politics into it and try to argue that this is a political thing <laughs> when it's not. It's like, do you support me as an individual person or not? It doesn't have to be about who you vote for. I have... Republican friends. I have more conservative friends, and I know some people who I am really close to who we don't always see eye to eye in political things, and that's okay because they know who I am as a person, and my gender identity does not affect them negatively, and yeah. it shouldn't. Because if you looked at a woman and you saw a woman, you'd probably think of stereotypes you could think of stereotypes about her and as a society we are moving away from using stereotypes and we know that those things are negative and they're not true even though some people might fit into a stereotype but that does not represent everyone as a whole and if we can do that for other people then I think we should be able to do it for trans people and I know a lot of my peers will, in classrooms, if we're doing a debate about something or if someone gets brought up, they're like, well, I just don't think trans women should be in sports because it's an unfair advantage. And you can think whatever you'd like about what trans people should or shouldn't be able to do, but at the end of the day, you you do have to acknowledge that they are humans. They mm-hmm. are people. Like, the fact that there maybe might be unfairness in sports or whatever, like, why is that the first thing you think of when you think of trans people? Mm-hmm. That's not that's not trans people as a whole. Not every trans person plays sports. I'm sure most trans people maybe don't play sports. I don't know, but... <laughs> and that it's just such a small, like, classification of, like, oh, well, I have an issue with trans people because of this Mm -hmm. i have an issue with this issue because of this it's like but you can still support me as an individual and a lot of people are scared of trans people and they're scared well what if they're telling my kids to be trans i don't want a trans teacher teaching my kids they're gonna tell them about pronouns and they're gonna confuse them and I don't want my daughter to share a bathroom with a trans woman because even though she's trans, she might still have male body parts. What if my daughter gets hurt? 
and at the end of the day you really have to realize that we are just we're humans and none of us have an agenda to force your kids to be confused because yeah. we ourselves are confused kids yeah as like a nine-year-old I knew that something was wrong and I was scared and I was suicidal I didn't want to live my life anymore and then I kept seeing on the media that trans people are scary that they're bad people and that I should be ashamed to be trans yeah. why is it bad if people want to change that stigma mm-hmm. yeah See, my kind of, I mean, you're making a lot of good points, though. And I think that people can make good arguments with, like, well, the media can have a negative impact on people. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, what if, like, there was a kid, you said something about detransitioning. It's like, you have a kid who's been, you know, they thought this way. Maybe they had it pushed on them. Like, there is, like, there's circumstances where, you know, Mm -hmm. but every every group of people has bad people within it. It's Mm -hmm. not the whole. Yes, there's going to be circumstances where maybe there's a trans man that goes into, or, you know, a crossdresser that goes into a bathroom and, Mm -hmm. like, an incident happens. But when have you seen that with straight people? Mm -hmm. Hundreds of times. It's like, yes, you're right. Hypothetically, this could ABC. And, you know, we, Mm -hmm. uh, like, maybe agree, disagree. And it's like, but... That does not mean you cannot support me as a community or as a singular person. Mm-hmm. It's like people might like a sports team, but maybe one of the guys on the sports team is like a sexual offender or something like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you support that person. Maybe you eat cereal from a one brand and like they're anti-gay or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean that. It's like just because you're a trans person doesn't mean that you want to make all these kids trans that's not Mm -hmm. what it is that's not the argument and it isn't it isn't an argument because because that's not being a trans person that's Mm -hmm. just the world as a whole just being shitty in every in every aspect (laughs) what are your thoughts on that (laughs) i think that no matter what way you spin certain things like oh well this trans person told me this was their experience and you can't say that that's for everyone mm-hmm. there have been detransitioners yes that does not mean every person every trans person is going to detransition yeah uh there are a lot of elderly trans people while we are of there are a few population there are older trans people it's not a phase and even if it is then that's okay we all go through Mm -hmm. phases i'm sure you don't like the same things you did when you were like a little kid yeah i mean a lot of people change careers a lot of people Mm -hmm. you know change the way they dress change the way that they act if i was a teacher and then i switched careers and now i'm a doctor you can't you can't look at that and say well you were never really a teacher you've always been a doctor and you were just lying to people and you were just looking for attention as a teacher no being a teacher was part of my past 
that was who I was at that moment in time. But now I'm a doctor. And that's that's applicable to trans people. Yeah. Even if it is a phase, you should still support them because we all go through phases. And... But don't assume or tell them that it's just a phase that they'll grow out of because other people have grown out of it. Yeah. It's more of, like, from what I understand, like we've kind of said, gender is a spectrum. And it's mm-hmm. it's less of a concrete thing from my understanding. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, sex and gender are separate things. They are. And gender, that's the issue with like, not the issue, but that's the circumstance of being transgender. Mm-hmm. Is that gender is something that isn't innate. It's not something that we know for sure that we've had, like, entire lives. Like, these classifications, these stereotypes mm-hmm. of what a male and a female, well, but a boy and a girl look like. Like, pink and blue mm-hmm. and things like that. And so it's like, if you don't fit into that, who is anyone to say that? You know, that you, it's just, I think, the issue with labels. Like, people, when Mm -hmm. you put a label on something, then they're just like, okay, well, now you're just taking it too far. Mm -hmm. And then people just look at, like, trans people or, like, all this, like, nonsense of, like, all these different pronouns that don't make any sense to them and, Mm -hmm. like, making that the issue. I think that you can think whatever you'd like about a trans person. You can have whatever ideas about me that you want to have. You can disagree with me with p- politically. You can disagree with me religiously. You can disagree and not like me as a person. But I am still a person, and I'm a trans person, and I'd prefer if you referred to me as a male. And I'm not going to force you to do anything that's out of your comfort zone. But if you can look at a cisgender male and say that's a guy why can't you look at me and do the same even if you don't agree it's what i would like the same with people who have nicknames if you can change your way of thinking and refer to them as a nickname then you can change your thinking and refer to me as my preferred name yeah. it's no different yeah and of course you don't speak for all trans people i don't yeah but you know that's why you're here is to kind of give everyone who's maybe a little like wants to gain knowledge about this or Mm -hmm. you know wants to be more open-minded towards what this is maybe they don't agree maybe they do agree and they just like want to know how to support the people in their lives Mm -hmm. i just want to ask is there anything else that you think is important for the public to know about maybe how to approach trans people or you know the best way to support your mm-hmm. like the trans people in your life or like in their lives um i think that you should respect their wishes if someone comes to you and says hey even though you know me as a boy i am a girl and these are this is the name i want this is the pronouns i'd like to use even if you don't currently see them as a girl still call them a girl doesn't matter what you view them as you should be understanding to them and allow them to be who they are because what a lot of times happens is that we push trans people down and 
We ignore their feelings, we ignore their thoughts, and they add to the growing number of suicides. And almost like, I know a lot of people in the LGBT community have had suicidal thoughts. They've considered taking their own life. And just because of the way people view them and they aren't bad people. They're your neighbors, they're your friends, they're a student and they have an intricate life that you cannot completely lay out and say, well, you said this at this time, but you're doing this now. People change and mm. you have to let them change. Yeah. Uh, Carl goes by this thing. I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, too. Is He says causes and conditions, mm -hmm. which is like everything that you've been through over the entire span of your life, whether you're trans or you're bi or you're straight or you're cisgender or whatever you are, you do have an intricate life that led up to where you are now. And we should be able to acknowledge that life and validate that life as everything that happened to you, why wouldn't you be who you are today? Mm. And um, I have a couple more questions yeah. just for any listeners out there. Is there any like way that maybe we have someone in our life that we think is struggling? Maybe they haven't come out yet. Maybe, you know, there's things going on in their life. Like what is the best way that um, a person who doesn't identify as trans to support the people in their life or someone that they know like what is the most comfortable way to go about that situation maybe if they haven't come out yet i'd say to offer them just general support and say that you know no matter who you are i will be there and support you for it and i think like kind of like that whole i see you thing mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of times people are uneducated about certain topics and i think that you should at least try to learn a little bit about things yeah. and not just take someone's word for it. Yeah. Maybe being more open-minded to mm -hmm. learning about these things and listening. Listening. Like, right now, if you have anyone in your life who maybe you have views about people who are gay or lesbian or, or trans or anything, and... It does a whole lot to just sit down and have a 20 to 40 minute conversation with someone like I'm having with Axel today <laughs> and just give a space for you to listen, truly listen and just try to understand where they're coming from. Because almost every time you do that, you will better your understanding and better their the love that they feel in their heart for themselves and you. Mm -hmm. And just, like, make that connection. We need to have more conversations about things that unsettle us and yeah. discomfort us, so, I think. So even if you think that, well, this will never apply to me, I'm never going to have anyone close in my life be trans. The next day, your best friend, your son, your daughter, your student might come to you yeah. and say, I'm trans. And I think that you should prepare for that. I feel like there's a good chance that... I don't know any accurate numbers, but like 50% of people will probably, at least, will mm -hmm. most definitely interact with someone who has come out or hasn't come out or, you know, mm -hmm. feels some sort of way. And yeah, so it's been a great 
Thank conversation and episode so far. Yeah, of course. So at the end of every episode, we actually ask a question. It can be relevant to this episode. It doesn't have to necessarily be mm-hmm. relevant. But if you could give the listeners any one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Be who you think you are, not what other people think you are. I think that it's important to perceive yourself without worry that how are other people going to also perceive yourself? Because a lot of times you aren't going to have the same ideas of who you are, and that's okay because I think that you should just accept yourself and then worry about how other people think. Yeah. And maybe only worry about the opinions that are relevant to you. Like, you're not Mm going to take advice from someone who you don't agree with at anything, so Mm -hmm. don't don't take criticism from them either, I think. Yeah. Uh, So after this, I think a piece of advice that I would give is to work on being a better listener. Mm -hmm. I think that it's important to not silence the discomfort of having real conversations and talking about real social issues. And if there's someone in your life who is going through a transition any sort of transition, then I hope that you have the strength to support them. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that strength, maybe work on it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the Share Tear Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, Axel. This has been a very productive conversation yeah. that I think a lot of people will take a lot away from. So yeah, thank you so much. Of course.